Today's advanced training. Goals. We started off last week talking about goals. I said it's a three-part series and that this week we'd be covering part number two. Last week, goals part one was really the 10-step the process to really goal setting. It's a 10-step a process that I go to. And to reiterate from that, um, I, I just want to say uh, it, it's really important as you're setting goals that you connect emotionally to them. We were talking to the Minnesota team last night about that. You know, I, I've been asked by leader after leader after leader, how do I get my people to do X, Y, Z? And I go, I, I don't know. Like, I, I've got kids. I don't know how to get them to do I don't know how to get my kids to do anything they don't want to do. But your kids do great at eating vegetables. That's because they want to eat dessert. <laughs> right? Like, I, they're emotionally connected to that dessert. So in our family, that means you eat your broccoli because that's what we're having for dinner. We're eating Brussels sprouts because that's what we're having for dinner. So um, they have to do that. I don't know how to get somebody to do something they don't want to do. Um, I just don't, myself included. Uh, but I do know that when you're establishing goals, if you can connect to them emotionally, then just anything that contradicts that, block it out of your life and be laser focused, you can achieve just about anything you want to achieve. I say just about anything. There's some of us like myself who will never be a gold medal figure skater in the Olympics. Uh, I don't necessarily want to be, but I, I, if I wanted to be with all my heart, I couldn't be. So within reason, uh, the goal setting we went through last week can help you cover uh, and achieve whatever goals that you got within reason. Okay. Um, that said, Today, we're covering goals part two, grit, grit. Now, we just came back from the beach, and when you're at the beach, grit means something totally different. Um, <laughs> you get sand in places. Uh, this is, uh, we're going to talk about grit today. I, I, I love giving credit where credit is due. This is not uh, my idea. I'm regurgitating material that I d digested for you. Um, well, I digested it for me. I'm regurgitating it for you. Uh, but I got it originally, a good friend of mine, um, a few years ago, sent me this article, uh, this blog, uh, the Farnham Street blog. Uh, you can go check that out, and they, they have some really interesting reads there. Uh, but he sent me this uh, Angela Duckworth on why grit matters more than IQ. And when my friend sent me this, I thought, well, are you trying to say, you know, I can succeed even though you, you think I'm stupid? <laughs> like, is, are you calling me stupid? No. But I read the article, and I was like, wow, that's, that's fascinating. And he sent me this other article, and it's like Angela Duckworth on how to develop grit. And, uh, and then ultimately the book came out called Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance. Uh, Angela Duckworth is a, is a phenomenally brilliant woman, and uh, a few years ago I was introduced to uh, her teaching and, and her, her research. I mean, she's a very smart uh, professor uh, working at the Wharton School of Business, uh, really, really, really intelligent person, uh, and um, her thoughts uh, and, and her studies have proven out to be really good. And I was introduced to her years ago, and now, of course, um, in the... Uh, business studying world like she she's she's a celebrity now uh and and what she's uncovered and what i'm talking about today grit comes from her so uh, again this is not something that i uh came up with it's not my idea uh but i'm sharing with you something that once i was exposed to it i thought wow this is really really interesting she came up with a grit scale uh that if you want to go to angela duckworth.com slash grit dash scale uh, it's now been pared down to 10 questions that she goes through. Uh, but you go through and, and take this, take this uh, grit test, and it will tell you how gritty you are. 
Um, it's, uh, it's a good thing. But uh, she came up with this grit scale. Uh, basically, um, it started off as 12 questions. has now gotten down to 10. So I'm going to go through the 12 real quick. But you can go to her website and take the test. Uh, respond to the following 12 items. Be honest. There are no right or wrong answers. Uh, I have overcome setbacks to conquer an important challenge. And, and she asked you to rate this as that's very much like me or mostly like me or somewhat like me, not much like me, not like me at all. I hope you go online and take this test. Uh, in the past, I've said, send me your answers. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> take the test. If you want to send me your score, I'm interested to find that out as well. I like, I like, I like thinking uh, through and somebody who I think is gritty. I like knowing what their score is and maybe they're gritty. Uh, maybe I was right, right? So I love being confirmed if I'm right or wrong. Um, but this is, this, these questions are really just to tease you into going to take her test. Uh, number two, new ideas and projects sometimes distract me from previous ones. Again, you would answer very much like me, mostly like me, somewhat, not much, not like me at all. Um, number three question, my interests change from year to year. Now, when you're taking this test, I don't want you to go through and think, um, what should I answer? If I'm going to be gritty, now, you're going through this teaching today. Maybe you hadn't taken the test yet, or maybe you've taken the test several times because I, I, I've taught this before. I don't want you thinking through on this test. I want you thinking through on the test, what do you really believe? Not what do they want me to believe? Because answering it the way you think somebody else wants you to believe it doesn't actually reveal anything about you, well, except that you're a people pleaser and you just want to make them happy. I'm not interested in being happy with your results. I'm interested in you finding out what your results are, and let's proceed from there. So be honest with your answers here. Number four, setbacks don't discourage me. Be honest in your response. Number five, I've been obsessed with a certain idea or project for a short time, but later lost interest. Number six, I'm a hard worker. Again, you're answering very much, mostly, somewhat, not much, not like me at all. You can take this on the online. I'm a hard worker. Number seven, I often set a goal, but later choose to pursue a different one. Often set a goal, but later choose to pursue a different one. Number eight, I have difficulty maintaining my focus on projects that take more than a few months to complete. Again, be honest. If, if you have difficulty, say it's very much like me. It's okay. There's no wrong answers. I finish whatever I begin. Well, that's not true of me at all, Fitz. I don't finish anything. Okay, it's just mark it. it it's okay to... <laughs> I want you to be free to be who you are here. Just answer the questions, and, uh, and we'll go from there. I'll, I'll show you... How to go from there. Number 10, I have achieved a goal that took years of work. Number 11 is, I become interested in new pursuits every few months. And number 12, I am diligent. That's the 12 questions she originally started with. The test when you go, uh, and, and, uh, when you go on that link, AngelaDuckworth.com slash grit dash scale. When you go there and take the test, it's now 10 questions. Um, I, I took the test uh, again the other night and found out that I, in fact, am gritty. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't doubt it. Uh, <laughs> what is grit? So let's get into that. Well, grit is corn. No, <laughs> that's grits. That's a southern thing. Um, to explain grit, I want to uh, show you a video of the marshmallow test. The marshmallow test, the test that originally was done back in the 1960s, uh, they would put a marshmallow in front of a kid, tell them not to eat it. And if you don't eat it, when I come back, I'll give you an additional marshmallow. You can have both of them. Uh, and so then they observed the children. Um, they actually, uh, and they, they observed the children. I'll stop there. I'm going to show you a modern day video of the, the uh, marshmallow test. Thank you. 
catcher. All right, here's the deal. Marshmallow, for you. You can either wait, and I'll give you another one if you wait, or you can eat it now. When I come back, I'll give you two, another one. So then you'll have two. But stay in here and stay in the chair till I come back, okay? okay. All right. I'm gonna go do something and then I'll come back. It smells yummy. So it's up to you. You can have it now or you can wait. Okay? I'll be back. Stay in the chair, okay? Okay. So I'm gonna leave and then I'll come back, okay? So you can either eat it right now or you can wait. Either way, okay? Okay. How'd you do? Did you do good? You did? Yeah. You wanted to eat it, didn't you? Yeah. So did I tell you to give you another one? Okay, now you can have both. You need them. <laughs> Man, I so relate to that video. Like, you think of that last piece of chocolate cake. And you go at night, you're like, uh, I, I need to think about something. No, oh, it's over there. Oh, oh, man. You know what? Just a little bite won't matter. <laughs> you know, sometimes you don't even care. I don't even care. I'm just going to eat it right now. Like a little redheaded girl, she was eating that marshmallow before the lady even left the room. Um, I think we can all relate to that. And this is a test they did back in the 60s. Uh, and then actually they followed up on that test about 20 years later to see how those kids had performed in life. And, uh, and the kids who didn't eat the marshmallows had done better in life interesting so uh, we observed some some different self-control techniques uh, hiding the marshmallows is what they saw back in the 60s we saw a little bit of that video uh, some talked or sang to themselves that one little kid was doing his 
you know. Uh, they covered their eyes. Remember that one kid that was looking this way but kind of reached out with his hand and grabbed the marshmallow just to feel it was there. Um, uh, uh, one took a nap in the 1960s. One actually just laid down and took a nap. I was thinking those twins should have just started playing patty cake or something, you know, just to totally distract themselves. Uh, and thinking abstractly about the marshmallows, like that's not a marshmallow, it's a pillow, and why would I want to eat a pillow? You know, thinking abst- abstractly about that. The problem with self-control techniques is they only work when a child knows that he or she wants in the short term. For example, 15 minutes for a marshmallow. It only works in the short term, those self-control techniques. So um, if you want to lose weight, uh, if you want to see a goal through, uh, really those, those self-control techniques, uh, at some point it has to be more than just the self-control taking over. Okay. Long-term pursuit requires two separate dimensions, uh, motivation and volition, volition being willpower or self-control. So the the self-control techniques we saw saw a minute ago only works for so long by itself. If you don't add motivation, it will not last long-term. So some people say, I don't need motivation. I don't need to come to a Tuesday morning. I don't need to go to that conference. I don't need motivation. I say, bullcrap, you 100% need motivation, you need encouragement, you need pats on the back, you need to see other success stories and giving you belief that it can be done. You have to have it. If you say you don't need it, you are denying a lot of science <laughs> that's, that's been proven time and time again. You have to have both pieces. It doesn't work individually. If, listen, if you're just motivated all the time, but don't have any self-control, if it's just motivation, that doesn't work either. You have to marry the two. One by itself doesn't get you through to that long-term goal. Grit, a passionate commitment to a single mission and an unswerving dedication to achieve that mission. That's what grit is. We'll describe it a little bit even simpler in just a second. It is what helps us attain long-term results on abstract goals. It's what keeps us going. Grit is what keeps us going. Grit is what uh, pushes you through. Uh, in, in March, you started wanting to get a license, and then the pandemic hit, and you, you didn't, didn't get your license, didn't get it until July. That was grit that got you through getting that license through the pandemic. That's grit. It's, it's what helps us attain long-term results. Grit is only faintly related to IQ. Just because somebody is smart doesn't mean, just because their IQ is high, doesn't mean they necessarily have grit. As a matter of fact, it, 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 it's only faintly related, which is kind of exciting. <laughs> but when compared to others of a similar IQ, those with higher grit scores lasted longer. They looked at uh, GPAs. They looked at National Spelling Bee. West Point, actually, Angela Duckworth took her grit scale uh, to West Point Military Academy. Um, I mean, it's high level of achievement just to get in there. To graduate there, he's even higher. It's very prestigious, right? They have a battery of tests they take uh, cadets through uh, when they're coming into the academy, and then um, and they 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 just want to measure to see if you have what it takes. Angela Duckworth's grit scale, actually, the t- the twelve questions at the time she presented to West Point cadets was actually a better predictor of their success at the academy and long-term success in the military. Then the battery of exams, I mean, days of exams they'll take cadets through, her little 12-question test is a better predictor. Crazy. 
Grit is passion and perseverance for extremely long intervals. I mean, we, we hear from our top five on a regular basis and, and how well they did on personal production. The, the top five who's always in the top five, they're gritty people. And, and, and some people say, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, what, what fits? How do you just get up every morning and get excited about what you do? I mean, do you ever get tired of what you do? Daily, but I'm gritty. So I have a passion and perseverance for extremely long intervals. Daily, I'm tired of what I'm doing, but I don't give up because I'm gritty, right? I keep pushing through, even though, even though this obstacle, even though that obstacle, even though that thing, even though that person, even though they said, and even though I read, doesn't matter. When you're gritty, you push through anyway. So here's how to develop grit. I will encourage you to read Angela Duckworth's book. I am not giving you a book report here. Uh, I'm just giving you a few thoughts from her book. To become grittier, we should look at who is gritty and ask ourselves how they approach things and what they do. So if you take this test and on the grit scale, you're pretty low. Or let's just say you're pretty high on the grit scale, but you want to be grittier. You want to you push through even, even more for bigger and better and greater things. Uh, You've got to find somebody who's grittier than you and emulate them. So in, in the book... Uh, Angela Duckworth says, you know, let's talk about what do Olympic athletes do with their time? How do they organize their lives and their days? If you think about you know, right now, as this is being, as I'm teaching this, as if you're watching this later, we're coming through this pandemic. I say we're coming through it. I hope it's about done. Uh, but uh, the Olympics, the 2020 Olympics were pushed to 2021 because of the global pandemic. Now, here's what's crazy. You've got these Olympic athletes training hard all their lives, some of them for one shot at the Olympics. And I can't even imagine their disappointment that that got punted for a a year, this year. Because they've been working hard for the last four years. They've been working hard for the last eight years, 12 years, 40 years to get their one shot at the Olympics. So they do something. Talk about long-term pursuit. Olympic athlete. Now, I'm not talking about the pro basketball player that gets to go play the Summer Olympics. I'm talking about the shot putter that that's all they do is throw a shot put and they get a chance once in their life to go to the Olympics and throw that and see how they do. So what do they do with their time? All of that time. That's a long time. It's not a sprint for six months. It's a lifetime that they're working towards that. How do they organize their lives and their days? That's a good question to ask and a good thing to study. World-class experts do not just practice, but deliberate practice. One of my favorite uh, golf shots of all time, and I'm not some huge golf nut. I, I, I used to play a lot before I had kids, and maybe one day I'll play again a lot. But I remember seeing Tiger Woods, who at the time was the world number one. Uh, he's playing the British Open, uh, and the British Open has historically strong winds. So he had like 20-mile-per-hour wind into his face. He's like 290 yards from the green. He's in a sand trap, a bunker on the side of the fairway. Uh, for those who don't know golf, th- what I'm about to describe is an impossible shot. So he pulls out his little iron, and he hits that ball, and he puts it 10 feet from the hole. 290 yards into 20-mile-per-hour winds out of the sand one of the hardest shots in golf he put it 10 feet from the hole one of the commentators said (laughs) i mean talk about getting lucky and i've heard luck is when preparedness and opportunity meet right that's you, you you prepared and you had the opportunity and you got lucky but the other commentator said if you think that was luck you're crazy if you don't think he hadn't practiced that shot a thousand times this week you're crazy because Tiger Woods, 
still is, but at the time, no, world number one, world-class experts do not just practice, but deliberate practice. Tiger Woods doesn't go to the driving range and just hit golf balls. He goes to the driving range thinking about a shot that he's going to need to hit, and he hits that over and over and over and over. I heard Michelle Alleman just the other day say on Sunday night, she was on our team call, and she said, uh, you need to know, or I think it was Mike that actually said it. I'm giving Michelle credit. Uh, but, but they said, you need to know your scripts like you know your favorite song. That's deliberate practice. Is is over and over and over and over, and that's really something that separates the the, the highly successful with us from the average or below average is is just their their intentionality in doing it again and again and again and again. They work on weaknesses and not strengths. Now I've heard people I've heard people say you shouldn't work on your weaknesses. You could just you should just focus on your strengths. Okay, but but going back to Tiger Woods and golf, golf is Tiger Woods' strength. You know, if you followed him for the last you know decade, you know that maybe marriage isn't right. That's a weakness, maybe. But his strength is golf. I'm not talking about you know him working on his marriage instead of golf. I'm saying inside of his strength, he works on his weaknesses. So maybe he's really good at driving the ball. So you know what he doesn't work on in golf? He doesn't work on his drives a whole lot. That's something he's just got. Maybe he works on his putting because it's a weakness. So they work on their weaknesses. They fall down a lot. To become grittier, you've got to be willing to fall down a lot. You've got to be willing to make mistakes. You've got to be willing. What, what do we hear? I've heard this phrase so many times. I heard it again today in training. You've got to embrace the suck, man. When it's, when it's, when it's terrible, you've got to embrace that and lean into it and just know that if you keep learning from this process, you're going to get better. You have to embrace that. The, the, the gritty people... This is what they do. They fall down a lot. They're not afraid to skin their knees. We were watching that video, and, and, and Grace said, hey, have you, have you taken your kids through this test? And I was like, I haven't. I need to take them through the marshmallow test and see how they do. I'd be interested to see how they, how they go through that marshmallow test because I, I can teach them how to be grittier because it's going to pay off in life not to be all about instant gratification but instead be about that deliberate long-term play. That's going to pay off more than the instant gratification. The gritty people play things that are too hard. They do things that are too hard. They do things that are just outside of their sweet spot. Because, because what does that do? It, it, it pushes them to where that, that thing now is inside of their sweet spot. That thing that's, that was just outside of their comfort zone is now going to be inside their comfort zone because they, that's what they do. That The people who always do the easy are the people who don't do well in life, the ones who always focus on doing the easy. Like, I, I just, I just, I, uh, it's, it's just easy to, to have dinner. It's just easy to talk to that person. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to people who are different than me. That's hard. I don't want to understand how somebody else thinks that's opposite of me. That's hard. It is hard, but that's where life is great. Is in that hard. They attempt challenges that are too high. Man, there's no way I can reach that. And they just keep working. Right now, I keep seeing these videos. I, I don't know why people are sending them to me, but like, <laughs> I don't know if people are saying something about me or what. But like, I, I just saw this one, this 5'8 this Ukrainian guy, 5'8 Ukrainian guy that dunks like crazy. And they, 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 I, saw, I saw the videos of the progression of it because he's 5'8 and he wanted to dunk but couldn't. I mean, when he started off, he was just hitting barely the bottom of the net. And before, you, you know, over time, he was, he was attempting a challenge that was literally too high for him. Over time, he became a great dunker. 
right? And, and, and here's, a, here's a piece for those who, of you who are gritty. When you stop attempting those challenges is when you start going back down again. I'm 5'11 and a half at my peak. I don't know, I'm probably 5'11 now. I'm starting to shrink again, I guess. But five, never, never six feet. But in high school, I could dunk. And people go, how could you do that? Well, if you look at my calves, you kind of get an idea. Like, <laughs> they're, they're, they're not little. But I, but I always tried, and I could dunk. I can't dunk now. I can't dunk. I got, I've lost about a foot on my vertical. I can dunk a nine-foot goal, which is still pretty impressive, I think, for a 40-something-year-old guy. But, 5'11", but I quit trying the high challenges, and so I lost it. So even if you, once you get there, you're not, you're not, it's not predetermined that you're going to stay there. You, you have to keep reaching or you end up coming back down. And they get feedback. The gritty get feedback. I was sharing last night with the Minnesota team. And right now, Heather and I are in discussions. We're having conversations with each other. And I, I, I think I said this in goals part one. But we're in conversations with we need, we need some fresh mentors in our life for certain specific areas of our life that we need mentorship in. We need role models. We, we need that because I understand the power of feedback. I understand I'm not your typical male who uh, doesn't stop and ask for directions. You know, even before GPS, I would stop and ask for directions. Why? Because I don't want to drive around aimlessly acting like I know where I'm going when I don't. I want to find out from somebody who's already been there so I can get there faster and quit wasting time just driving around hoping I find it. I've always been that guy. And I've found as I get to know more and more gritty people, they're not um, afraid of uh, correction. They're not afraid of critiquing. They're, they're not afa uh, afraid of, of that feedback that they're going to need in order to get better. The people who aren't gritty are the people who go, well, why you always got to have a comment? Or, or they, don't even, they don't even go to somebody asking for feedback. They, just, they, they, they will try this, for example, for a couple of weeks and go, it doesn't work, I quit. You never got any feedback, man. How do you expect to get better? You, you can't go to a city that you've never been to and expect to have a good tourist event if you don't talk to somebody who's been there before you. A tour guide is wonderful to have in a city you've never been to. That's feedback. Decide today to become grittier. I don't care what your score is. It's irrelevant what your score is. You can be grittier. Well, Fitz, I'm maxed out. I'm the grittiest there is. You can be grittier, <laughs> I think. Be a lifelong learner and decide to succeed. Now, they always, I've always heard the story of there's, there's four crows sitting on a power line and, and, and three of them decide to fly off. How many crows are left on the power line? The answer is four because they decided to, but nobody actually did it. They're all still there. So decide to succeed, but don't just decide. Take action. Okay? I hope this helps. <laughs> Please contact me if I can help you in any way. I'm happy to help you become, well, I guess I can help you become as gritty as I am, <laughs> right? I'm not saying I can, if you're grittier than me, I don't know that I can help you get grittier, uh, but maybe I can. I'll try. Uh, it's at least worth a shot, okay? Hope that helps. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with The Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.